This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Says like stand up tall with your shoulders back. Like I made sure I walked in there looking like I've done twenty years. You know, so it was all a mask. I was scared on the inside, but I didn't let anyone know it. And I walked in like shook everyone's hand, pretended like it was nothing. You know, and I saw people come in doing the opposite, where their posture was rounded. And they got their shit taken off them, you know? Welcome to Human Beings Podcast. I am Josh Sherwell, sitting alongside my co-host Ailish Healy. Unfortunately today, Mitch is not able to be with us, but uh, we have a special guest in our presence, Carolyn Krauss, co-founder of Corrective Culture. Um, I've personally known Cal for nearly, what, 10 years? Yeah, probably. Probably something like yeah. that, eh? I used it's to go to your parties time. when we were young. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to have the best... Was it Australia Day? Yeah, Australia Day and Boxing Day were usually my um, my big hurrahs at mum and yeah. dad's place. Yeah, they were always a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I've seen... Obviously, Cal and I have known each other for 10 years now and I've watched his journey and I, I believe he's got quite an incredibly powerful story. Um, for those that don't know what corrective culture is, Cal will definitely jump into... Um, explaining that in more detail, but uh, what he has learnt through holistic health has definitely helped me and benefited me a lot. I've been getting treated for a lot of back pains with Cal for eight weeks or so now. About that, yeah. yeah, and it's it's really really amazing the stuff that he's doing and where he's come from. I think um, is going to blow some people's minds. So, do you want to tell us a bit more about corrective culture before we get yeah. started and, and go into that? Yeah, for sure. So, like, corrective culture was just. Uh, an Instagram page at the start, you know what I mean? It was just, we were coming up with names and then I, I asked my sister, I was like, man, what's a really good name? And she spat out like 20 at me and then there was some like, um, there was some bad ones there that were like, oh, I don't know about that but I saw Corrective Culture, I was like, I like that, I like that and at the start, Jake wasn't that into it and I was like, man, that's a good name, like there's no hashtag Corrective Culture, there's no www.correctiveculture, there's nothing and I was like, it can just be ours so um, eventually he came along and now he loves it but it, it started, well, I mean, if, if what it really started was like um, my love for movement was my dad um, was obsessed with this stuff called Feldenkrais. It's Moshe Feldenkrais's work. And my whole life he, he preached it to me and I rejected it because he just, he never actually did anything about it. He, he, he never did it as a job, but he, um, he loved it and always read the books and always did these it's called awareness with movement, basically. Little gentle movements on the ground and you get to feel your spine and articulate every little thing. And, and it is cool. Like, you lay in the ground. But um, at the time, I didn't see value in it because it wasn't like physio. And I was pretty stuck in the... Um, I didn't want to be a physio either. But I was still interested in all this stuff. You know what I mean? But I was scaffolding. And I... I had no idea I wanted to do this, but I was obsessed with it. How funny is that? That my dream was right in front of me the whole time. Like the whole time it was right in front of me. And um, and I just needed someone to shine the light on it. And so from there, um, so that's where I got it implanted into my head to start thinking about movement and start looking at it. Because dad was always like, see that person's like body and their posture and like, you know, see how they're doing this stuff. And he was way off most of the time. Now they're known more, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But still, he planted the seed yeah. and it made me think, made me think. And um and about health and that. And then when I was working at Woolworths as my first job, I was every vegetable, every fruit that came in, I'd Google the health benefits of. So I was just like, all right, what's this 
you know, um, say bok choy. I was like, what's the health benefits of bok choy? And I learned about it. I'm like, fuck, I've got to get bok choy into my system. And by the end of it, I was just trying to like fit it all in. And I didn't know at the time. It was all sprayed vegetables, you know what I mean? I wasn't on the organic train. Um, and I was crossfitting. I got really into crossfit. And this is before crossfit got huge. It was like one, maybe two on the coast at the time. Like no one knew about it. I was, it was, I was probably, you know, this would have been 2009 or something. Is that like the stables or was it called the stables? This was CrossFit uh, Sunshine Coast and then it split off into CrossFit 4 to 5 one And they're still, ah, yep, they're yep. still going hard. They're good. But um, for that, I, I do love that that gave me a foundation into that, – that sparked my love of, of training because I did rugby and things like that, but it sparked my love of like going hard in the gym. And I do – like the benefits of that, right, was that was one of the first things that came out that was like a, like a tribal uh, gym class thing going out you know what i mean where it was a bunch of people but really there was a bunch of friends and you know there was some like older crew that they didn't have anyone to hang out with and all of a sudden they go in this place and got this big group of friends and they're destroying their bodies most of the time but um but it was worth it you know and for me it was like i was young enough so i could deal with it without dealing with too many injuries and getting pushed to that hard hard like you're vomiting sort of hard working out level and I, i i don't do that as much anymore i don't really do it at all anymore going that hard but i'm still glad that i could go there and i went there plenty of times so it was good for your heart really as in for your mental mental yeah, heart like your fighting heart um and so from there i um i met i started jiu-jitsu okay i got really into jiu-jitsu and then i met jake who's now i live with him and he's my business partner and one of my best friends and um he goes he actually shared a i met him first and then that Next couple of days, you had each other on Facebook and you shared a video of Paul Check. And what I do with Corrective Culture, it's under the Check banner, basically, which is Paul Check's work, which is Corrective Holistic Exercise Kinesiology, which is basically just a broad term for holistic health and movement. Um, kinesiology is, it's, I mean, it's the study of movement. So a chiro is a kinesiologist in some way, a physio is. Anyone that studies movement is. And a lot of people now realize you just get your title, whatever it is, physio, chiro, osteo, and then you just learn it all. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to stay in the box and a lot of people are staying in the box. So it's like like physios in Australia are different than ones in, in the States and that. Like physios over here, they're very much more hands-on. Like you come to see them, they'll give you dry needling or they'll give you massage. Less exercises these days. Um, but more hands-on and then you're on your way and they're always looking at the side of injury and now like as you know you know we know more than that like it's 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 evolving as a, as a whole as an industry but um, yeah so J- Jake shared a video of Paul Check and it was Paul talking about meat, dairy, grains and coffee and someone just asking him questions about it and I was like alright what's I just clicked on it it was like a seven minute video and then the way he explained it all resonated with me so much I've never heard anyone explain it like that and it simplified it to, to now I do it with trying to do it with everything like it, you try and find the simplicity and the complexity so it was a video okay so it's like I eat meat when I break down my flesh so it's like when I do deadlifts I crave meat and he goes but when I'm like not training I, I don't feel like it it's just my body doesn't feel like it so I'll go vegan for a day he goes the only um, the only thing I care about is that it's all organic everything's got to be organic okay and he goes like i I won't have pasteurized milk because it's been boiled and it's dead you know but i'll have raw milk because i can handle it but a lot of people can't handle raw milk so you got to figure it out he goes so the goal really is trying to eat nutrient dense food that you can digest and that's as 
that's a really simple way of thinking about it, right? If you can digest it. Because I've had people, I had a guy, man, I think I told you about him. He had uh, L5S1 disc bulge. He was, his back pain was so bad that when he'd get up in the morning, it would knock him out. He'd get up, it would hit it like a, the pain would hit him. It would shut his body off and he'd hit his head on the ground and knock him out. And he was depressed. Like, you could see he had no life force because he had nothing to do. Like, he was only 29, you know what I mean? So, um, he had a couple of kids and he had no purpose besides his children. But it's, 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 you need to have your own purpose too, like goals and things like that. So, he doesn't really, you know, enjoy his job and he was um, drinking a bit. But uh, we put him on that parasite cleanse because for, for me, right, that parasite cleanse is just like a – anti-inflammatory you may have parasites but really i'm getting people to just stop eating shit for four weeks and see how they feel you know and um, can vouch that it's actually game changing because yeah. i've done it twice now <laughs> yeah but man it's crazy like last last couple of weeks like like i told you man we've had like f- now about six people shit out um worms and tapeworms and stuff just in two weeks but we've had probably hundreds now like and lately most people have been i didn't you know at the start most people didn't but lately my clients have been shitting out tapeworms it's crazy and couples together too. Wow. Um, I know it's it's crazy. Eh? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and then he had no idea. And then when it come out, he's like, "Man, I googled the symptoms. And I had every single one of them. I was like waking up between one and three, grinding my teeth, uh, sweaty palms, and all this sort of stuff." Um, and he goes, "I had every one of them." And they 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 make they change the way you feel because you forget we are just bugs, right? So when they're in there, they change your emotions and everything. And that's why people feel like shit at the start of the cleanse because they're all dying and they let you know it. And you feel like shit and you want to like fucking eat sugar and eat sugar and you're starving them. But a bit off topic. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyway, he, he spoke about that and it resonated with me. And then Jake goes, yeah, man, my back. He, Jake had a grade three spondylolisthesis. So, that is his, elf, his L4 had slid on his L5, which means if you imagine the spine stacked on top of each other, his L4 had slid forward. So the spine wasn't stacked on top and the L5 was underneath. So grade three means more than, I, th- I think, 50%. So it means there was less than 50% surface area of the top vertebrae connecting to the bottom, which means every time he does like a back bend, they bump into each other. It just like, yeah. Could just so, imagine the pain, hey. The yeah. nerve pain would be insane. Uh, yeah. He, so he had it for two years, right? Um, it's, he goes, by the end of it, it was about eight out of 10 and I couldn't sleep. And he goes, this is my life. Like I'm fucked. And he was 19 at the time, right? Um, he's a professional bodyboarder. So that injury generally happens from hyperextension in the lower back over and over and over again without a functioning core supporting the front. So it's like when I say supporting the front, that stops it from sliding forward, you know. So if your core's not working well, and just about as we see, no one's is because we all sit down. If you've got any gut inflammation, your core won't work. Um, it Yeah, just slid forward, slid forward, slid forward. And he went to see seven specialists. He saw four physios, two osteos, two chiros, um, and then flew to Sydney and saw the, apparently the best back surgeon in Australia. Every single one of them said he needs to get his spine fused at L at L four and L five. And he was nineteen. And then that just fucks you, right? Because whenever you get your spine fused, it becomes hypermobile above or below it. So it would have become hypermobile probably above it. Um, which means like it's like you need to articulate the spine so if it doesn't bend there, it'll make sure it bends somewhere else and then it just keeps bending then the same thing happens there. I was going to say it's just a chain reaction, right? Yeah, and it's like always, man, within within 10 years, that that's happening, you know, even earlier. Um, so it's it's never the answer and they're, they're fucked for life. Like in their older years, they're going to be in a lot of pain. And then someone told him, his mate told him about Paul Check, and he's like, man, go check him out. This guy was in the States and Paul costs a lot of money. I'm pretty sure he costs like 25 grand to see him, you know what I mean? So... 
he couldn't afford to go to the States and pay that. But he's found a Czech practitioner in Sydney who's now our mentor, Donald Carr. And Donald got him um, less pain in two weeks. And that from that, he, when he had less pain, he goes, I'm all in. Like, because he hadn't had that and it was ruining his life. And then he was pain free in two months. And now he's can deadlift like 160 kilos. He <laughs> was deadlifting 200. He's stronger than he was and he won a bodyboarding comp six months after. So for the business as a whole, what we do, how what we look at someone is you bring them in and I get people that are seeing me for back pain, knee pain, or that people just want to do sports-specific strength and conditioning because it's a very high level of sports-specific strength and conditioning and that's what really motivates me. So you get them out of pain, you do a full-length tension assessment, see if left quad's tight on the right quad, left hamstring tight on the right hamstring, what their cervical rotation is, what their lumbar curve is, what their lumbar rotation is, um, check their breathing check the, 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 the flatness of the feet, check the knees, check the core. It's about an hour and a half assessment. When, it took, when I first started, it took me about two and a half hours. And um, when you get to the high levels, it takes you about four hours to assess someone when you assess the eyes and everything. Because you can have someone's eyes that are messed up and then it puts the whole world out so then the neck adapts to their eyes. I was going to say, I remember you telling me a story of a client where, yeah, their, their yeah. eyes are out and then it, it did, it turned their whole yeah. like, head to the side for so long and they didn't know. you can change it, man. That's what's crazy. Like Jan, Jake's mentor, the chick from Goldie, she, she charges eight grand to see her up, but she's a woman. I've told you about it. She's a hell of a woman, right? This is one of the women that like, you look at her and she doesn't need nothing from no one. She's just got unconditional love for everyone, no matter what you do to her, but she doesn't need you. And it's, she's just like, never met someone like it in my life. Just powerful, powerful woman. We'll get her on the podcast one day. But um, so she doesn't have a TV or nothing. She wouldn't listen to podcasts. You know, she's like 60-something, does one-arm pull-ups. She, she was Mick Fanning's Czech yeah. practitioner when Mick Fanning went through his injury before yeah, he won his first world title. That's right, That's yeah. how I first heard about Czech was through Yeah, her. yeah. It's big in the surfing community, yeah, um, for all the surfers because he rehabbed his knee through it. Um, um, so... Yeah, where was I? So, uh, oh yeah, Jake's Jake's back got fixed, and he was sweet. And then, um, and oh, the eyes, right? So she, Jake, saw four people get rid of their glasses through eye exercises. I had one girl that I I did it personally, where she couldn't um, read on her phone. So I made her at because you getting light in the morning is important for your eyes, and getting light at like that red light at, at night is important for your eyes. So mitochondria in your eyes. So it's just a natural thing, right? It all it all this shit is again simplicity and the complexity that makes sense. We should be seeing the light in the morning because we did for millions of years. Mm. We should be not seeing the light at night. With only light we got at night was a fire and the moon. Correct. You know? And then that's why those those blue light blockers are always red tinge at night. Um, so it blocks that that light. And um, yeah, I made her just look at sunset light and do these eye exercises where you roll your eyes around and you feel the strain. You, you almost like stretch them. You find the strain. And you release uh, the occiput at the back of the neck. So if that's really tight, that's connected to the eyes. So you can actually put your thumbs behind your skull, deep behind your skull at the back and move your eyes. And you can feel those muscles moving, which is pretty cool. And she just freed that up. And then she was good within two weeks too. You know what I mean? But it is hard. Like most people, like I I love when I get people that are in pain because they fucking do it. I don't like getting people that are half-assed like, like, oh, yeah, like, just want to do it because they won't because it's a lot of work. Like, you got to do, you know, like the deep tissue work I gave you, it's like an hour and a half. And then you got to do your stretching on top of that eventually. That's like another half hour. And then your exercises, that's like, you know, a good half hour there. And you're meant to do that shit every day if you want to get better. But if you're in pain, people do it. Oh, hey, man, yeah, you definitely yeah. do. Yeah. You find time to, have to make it happen. My yeah. big sister came to see you guys and it was like... Oh, yeah. What's her, what's her name? Therese. Oh, she, oh yeah. yeah, like Jake's Jake's client. Yeah, yeah, cool. She came and it's like same thing. It's like been really hard as it. Like she's my best friend. And but does she have the um? 
What's her business? Uh, Rosebed and Finn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, she's an amazing girl, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. she was like, it's the change. And it's not even like the physical change. Yeah. But it's like, like you're saying with that that pain, people that live with that pain, it's like, it's so debilitating mentally. Yeah. And to see how much confidence she got in herself after yeah. being with you guys was like, incredible because it changes everything like she's got kids you know it's it's hard to be hands-on when you're in pain and yeah it was yeah and hers was very much emotional too you Mm. know what i mean that you got to get into the emotional work so yeah yeah, that's that's people really forget that and that's huge because it's like the analogy i sort of learned with that like if you're hungry you feel in your guts like when you're horny you feel it down there Mm. you know what i mean when you're jealous you can almost put your finger where you feel it so it's like this stuff that's if that's in your in your psyche for years and years and years, um, that will affect your posture and, and that posture will affect pain. And then if I have a guy that's coming in real kyphotic, like really rounded shoulders, forward posture, and I can, you can see like their energy and everyone knows it too. Like we all have this natural ability of reading people's, when I say the energy, it's like you read their posture, you read everything that they're doing, their eye contact. That's what I mean by reading the energy. Um, and I can give them all the stretching and the, you know, pulling exercises and all the, the postural exercise in the world but and it, and it will slightly make a difference they as they open up that changes the way you feel on the inside mm. but if they got these same self-limiting beliefs and these same patterns these same traps that their mind's always going to they're going to fall straight back into that that position because it's a position of hiding your heart from the world yeah of, I remember of fear that once. it's like same thing it's like yeah it's like protecting yourself yeah it's and i mean we'll, i'm sure we'll go into that because as we you know, I got locked up for a little bit there before I got into all this stuff. Um, so I guess we'll just quickly brush over that now. The I was, yeah, was going to say, this is this is something... What, what happened before. Yeah. Especially because, like, being your friend and mm-hmm. hearing that you got locked up, mm. it spun me out. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, obviously when we were younger, you were definitely a good person to have as a friend when we'd go out in the event that, like, yeah. if I felt in danger and if I was with you, I'd yeah. be like, I'm with Cal or I'm with Mickey. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I felt safe with you guys. Yeah. But... um. I never would have thought that that could happen. So yeah. like, and I don't even know the full story behind it. So, yeah. so I never really got in trouble a lot. Like I was all right in school. You know what I mean? I was all right. Like got done with weed a couple of times. You know what I mean? But never, it was never that bad. And, um, but there was a stage there where we were partying pretty hard. You know, we were, you know, nine, oh, 20, 19 to 21, which is just like, you're going hard. We live, we had a house at Malula Bar opposite Fridays, like on the water. <laughs> So it was like, yeah, it was bad. We got evicted from the house in like three months. But um, during that three months, I had a friend. We were all like party drugs, you know, at the time. And I just knew someone that could get me pills. And I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. Like, and I was always an opportunist. Like, so for me, it was, it was a form of greed to make money. It wasn't to have heaps of drugs. It was like, oh, yeah, I can make money through this. And I thought nothing of it because it was a bit of the norm in the, in the scene at the time. Um, and I didn't even think of myself as a dealer. I just like, because it was only to us, really. I wasn't like fucking taking them in the club and flicking them to randoms and stuff. But it was like, I'd get the lot. We'd all, um, they'd all buy it off me and then we'd party. And I'd make fuck all money because I'd forget who I gave it to. I'd lose them. I'd like, I was so bad at it because, yeah. Probably because it required no effort too. You know, it was just like, it was easy. Yeah, yeah. Like the, I, the I bought a PlayStation out of it. I think that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, I went to this the guy's house, I got it from one day and I got it actually, this wasn't for me this time, I actually got it for some other people, for a stereo sonic for a party, uh, festival that I wasn't even going to, but I went and got it for him. And, um, and then 
the as I left his house, I saw a, a Camry drive past. And I, as I saw it drive past, I didn't even see who was driving it. I go, oh, I'm done. I just knew it. I, I'm done. Because I was like, what the fuck's... It just looked like the biggest D car in the world. Mm. Straight away, it turned around. I dacked him in my pants. They pulled us over. Um, my mate Lee was driving. And, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, fucked. And they came. They knew straight away. They searched the car. And they're like, we know it's in Yundies. So I just pulled them out because they were going to strip search me anyway. Um, they saw me. From they were watching the guy's house. They didn't know about me. I was going to say that they they had eyes on that house yeah, for ages. Yeah, so yeah. they didn't know about me, but they watched the guy's house and they got me and four others going to his house that day. And so got done with the hundred. And this is the funny thing: I knew the cop right because he was like, "Oh, Callan," and I was like, "Oh, fuck!" And I did CrossFit with him. And this is the same oh, cop no. that got me when I was <laughs> did weed years ago. And he's like, "When I got done for weed, like a, I'm like a gram in my in my pants." It was like when I was younger. He was like, CrossFit, I know you. And he's like, what are you doing that shit for, man? I was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, it's just weed. Like, um, and same copper. And then he even told me, uh, when I got done for weed that time, I was on acid. So I was on acid, got done for weed, went to the cop shop, tripping balls. Oh my God. Got taken into the <laughs> interview room, camera in front of my face, and I was tripping hard. And I managed to hold it together. But really, I was like, how? Like, how? Because I yeah. thought he was trying to trick me with like... Things and shit, but oh, that would have been so yeah, it was so it was really difficult. I thought I was had a white shirt on, it looked like it was turning black and like changing. My I feel like my eyes were just pure blackness, like just huge pupils. But um, but yeah, that was all good. And then anyway, so yeah, he got me, got me with that. And he even told me, I was like, I told him, like, what am I looking at? He's like, no, nah, you'd be right, man. Like it's hundred pills, you know. Mm. Um, you won't. I don't reckon you'll do time. And he's like, uh, just yeah, you'll be right. So this whole time, right, I didn't think I was going. I, I thought I was sweet. I thought I was and, – and it was pretty uncommon to go away for 100 pills. Like most people – I've known of people who've been caught with heaps and they didn't go away. That's what's crazy about the system, right? We can do the same crime, but if you got fucking 50 grand to pay for a 50 grand lawyer, you're good. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. crazy? It is. It's like one day that has to change because that's insane. Like you can do the same crime, the same – and like – but if you've got the money to get your defence up, yeah, and rather than actually bullshit. weighing and it up for the, what the crime is. And it's like it's not even the defence, they're not even doing any extra shit. It's just like they know you paid for it. So like, yeah, you can get off because you paid for it. Like, it's fucking yeah. crazy. Um, but yeah, so I went to court about a year later. And during that year, I did, I was a saint, right? Didn't fuck up. I did drug tests three times a week on my own accord through this like drug management thing. The lady who ran the show, who knows all the judges and shit, she backed me so hard that she came into court to like say oh yeah he's all good you know what i mean like i was working full time like it was nuts right um and then we're in there and then he's like all right oh mom yeah sweet sweet two and a half years (laughs) and i was like my mum was there dad was there mum starts crying and then um two and a half years court order parole seven months which means i get out after seven months on parole right and but my sent my top sentence is two and a half years so i get out and i'm on parole for like a year and a half Mm -hmm. um and then my dad just like punched me in the chest and said, be strong. And I was like, I was in shock because I had a surfboard in the back of my car, ready to go for a surf after court. That's how calm I was. That's how yeah. confident you were that you I were getting out with a fine or, yeah. Everyone was. Out. Everyone in my ear was. I was. A cop told me. So when the cop told me, that was enough. You know, I was like, this is this guy's job. He sees this shit all the time. He actually, when I got out, he came up and apologized to me at the races. He's like, man, I did not, you shouldn't have went, you know. Um but how perfect is it, you know what I mean? Because it was a blessing in disguise, like the experience. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and then I spent f- 
fucking what was it five five six nights six nights i think in the watch house before i actually went to jail that was the worst bit of it all because you're in this like everyone i don't know if everyone's been in a, in a watch house cell but like <laughs> it's like it's tiny right it's tiny there's no tvs nothing the the bed is actually just like three cushions like almost like seat cushions and you don't get a blanket i don't know why they can't give you a blanket it's a bit weird but you don't get a blanket um and you don't get a pillow you just get those cushions you get track pants and a jumper so you got to decide whether you got to run like scrunch up the jumper to be a pillow or to wear it and i just alternate sometimes you get cold and you have to put it on but then sometimes you feel like you need a pillow and you got to switch back so it was the worst my back everything hurt so much and that's where i um experience because when you're low in vitamin d you can't synthesize collagen and your your body aches and your shit doesn't heal wounds don't heal your back starts hurting so just a little tip out there if you're not getting sunlight you don't stand a chance to heal your back pain if you're someone that's like doing night shift and not getting any sun you, you know it's a big deal because i experienced that i didn't get sun and i was like fuck all my shit's hurting and i was still moving around in that so i didn't think it was like it wasn't the bed it wasn't the bed i knew it wasn't the bed i knew it was just like fuck i need to get some sun and because you're in the room for five, six days, so there's no sun, just just the um, the light. And as soon as I got out of there, it went away. Um, but it was just the whole time was that was an experience of shock because I didn't know what the next day was going to be. Like I didn't know if I was going to jail the next day. I didn't know what jail was. I didn't know if I had to like fight for my food or people get raped, you know what I mean? I wasn't – like I still had a blue belt in jiu-jitsu behind me, so I knew that was a bit, you know. I knew that was like more than most people are going to have and – um. But as soon as I went on the bus and they put us, they call it the um, the freezer. When you're in that little freezer box, like which is like in those those buses on the highway, you see the jail buses? Yeah. And you're handcuffed in there. And I was with this indigenous fellow who just done 22 years for glassing someone. Holy yeah. shit. And he goes, man, I love Woodford. He was giving me the rundown. Like he was a lifer, right? And he was like, I love Woodford. Like, you know, it's this, this. Just make sure you do this. Don't do this. Like, You'll be right. right so right. was he going back in or was... He was going back in for weed. Oh yeah, he got out. He had some weed that was on parole, and they sent him back in. Um, outrageous, but he wasn't. He was like, you can see it's his life. Like he, yeah. was, he was ready to go back in. That's what it becomes for a lot of people. It's like, yeah, this is their routine. Mm. But yeah, then I got to um, BCC, which is the Brisbane Jail, Waco. Went in there, and everyone is coming down. So I went into the holding cell. There's like 15 people in there, right? Everyone's scratching their skin and shit. Like one Vietnamese dude's like vomiting in the toilet, heroin, because the Vietnamese are all heroin, right? Yeah. And the, um, the other dudes are all crack. And they're just like, fucked. One guy's fully off his head. Like, and, I'm, and I actually walked in there. I was like, like are we going to be waiting here for like 15 minutes? And they all like laughed. I was like, nah, man. And then we were there for like seven hours or something. Oh, holy. Yeah. And eventually I got to my cell and my unit. And I made sure when I walked into the unit, and this is where we went back to that posture thing, right? Yeah. Now, this is what I was thinking about. I'm, even I had the awareness then to, you know, like Jordan Peterson says, says, like stand up tall with your shoulders back, like, I made sure I walked in there looking like I've done 20 years, yeah. you know? So it was all a mask. I was scared on the inside, but I didn't let anyone know it. And I walked in, like shook everyone's hand, pretended like it was nothing, you know? And I saw people come in doing the opposite where their posture was rounded and they got their shit taken off them, you know? Like the one guy came in with his posture like this. He had a bit of a black eye, so you know someone already smacked him. And one of the... um One of the boys walked up to him and said, oh, you got a token? And the token's what gives you like coke cans and that and sodas and he was like nah man it's like for me my daughter when she comes and visits and that and you can see the guy was just a little bit like weak you know yeah and um and then he gave him a token and then they all just lined up 
and then all took his shit. I think oh, they took his wow. shoes eventually. Like, and you can't, like, you can't stand up for people that don't stand up for himself. That's sort of the rule. Like that that standover shit is semi frowned upon. People don't enjoy it. You know, it's like, but they get away with it if the person doesn't stand up for himself. But that that guy sort of stood up for himself, even through like didn't even have to throw a punch, but just stood up for himself or did throw a punch once, right? Um, the cool thing in there is the rules are set like grudges aren't held too much. So if he defended himself, no one would have done it again. And whoever he defended himself against, they would have been right too. Like they wouldn't have hated each other for the rest of their time. Wow. So it's like it's weird like that, hey? I guess it's like an ini- like in yeah. a strange way from an outside perspective, it's like an initiation. It's like they're greeting you and they're like that. They want to see if you can hold your own. Like, yeah. That's where you are now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like the food chain. Mm. Um. Yeah, and like I felt people try to test me a little bit, and I just acted like like one guy asked me for noodles on day one, like in a way that's like not give me your noodles, but hey man, you got some noodles, and I was like, oh, well, you got some tuna or something, like you know, what are you going to give me for yeah, my noodles? Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, I ended up becoming friends with sort of everyone there pretty quick, and we were actually at because I ended up in the laundry, and we were actually sort of if when you want to say like I don't know the heads the head table, like we were the head table. And then there was others. And it wasn't like everyone stands over each other, but we were just like, it was me, about six huge Marys, one Vietnamese and one other Aussie dude. You know what I mean? So it was like, we were sort of like, um, cause I knew jujitsu and they sort of knew that. So it was like, I would teach them a little bit and it was like fun for them. You know what I mean? But it means nothing in there. Like, fuck, you know, I didn't want to tell people that cause it's like, I don't want to be a target. But, um, but yeah, so that that's where it came back to the posture thing. Like you walk in there and that's just a, a magnified version of the outside world. So if you walk into a business meeting and your posture is shit, pe- people feel that if your handshake's shit, like anything. Like if you're a guy in the club and you're, ha- you're holding, crossing your hands, you're not getting laid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, this is like in life as apes and we are just, we're just fucking gorillas wearing clothes. So it's this whole, this whole shit... It, it's so important, I believe, and that's what I, I sort of motivate some people when their posture comes in. I tell them that, like, listen, like, you know, if you're, this is going to help you so much. If you, we, if we can fix your posture, and it's you fixing, it's not me. I just got to tell you what to do. Like, you're the one that has to do it. Then, um, then your whole life will change, and and that energy around you will change. People will be more presenting to you. Your heart's open. You, you know, you're open to the world. You're not fearful. Then people will give you more opportunity, and your your uh, people want to be around you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's sort of pretty with, good jail rundown. Yeah, with with the jail um, side of the story before we start moving forward mm. to all the amazing stuff that you're doing now, mm. like, I'm so curious in the sense of like, you've said that you're at the, the head table as such, but like, mm. did you ever find there was, did you ever deal with conflict at all with other inmates? Yeah, so I was at Woodford, which is like the biggest jail in Queensland. I was um, the only one in my unit that was working. At one stage, so I went to pull metal out of wood for three hours a day, and it was actually good. Everyone wants to sort of get a job, like because you just do. You get paid like three dollars, I think, like a dollar an hour. And that's externally, like you get to leave, or you do it within. You, you do it within the jail. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you you leave a unit, but you go to like you walk away, and and you go to this place, and you meet other people from other inmates, and mm-hmm. you, you you know you get your crew. I'm against. I'm opposite one of the dudes I see every day, and we get to know each other, and you get to know everyone in the unit. Everyone. Wants to do their job well too. Everyone's like, some people really like, yeah, I can, you know, do this well. Like it makes them feel good. Because remember, everyone's on, everyone's a junkie. So 80%, probably I reckon um, 90% of the jail, all addicted to crack. They all smoke it. They all boot it up actually most of the time. And everyone's got hep C. 
because they all share needles in there too. So they all share needles. Um, it's just the norm. And I was only like, say there's 35 people in my unit, me and probably two others didn't, didn't touch it. So that's just the norm. Like everyone's on it. And that says something about why everyone's in jail too, hey? Yeah. Drugs. But... Um, well, the fact that still, you're saying they're still doing it in there. Yeah. It's like... And it's supposed to be a rehabilitation sort of thing. The funny so, thing is know. everyone's pretty cool too. Like you get along with just about everyone. Most people get along. It's not a lot of drama. Most people, I rarely didn't see that many fights. Most people are getting along. If you're a dickhead on the outside, you're a dickhead in there. It's like if you're likable on the outside, you're likable in there. Yeah. You don't have to be tough. You just got to be like, make the people laugh. You I know? think that's a pretty important thing what you said before when you were talking about it. It's like, it's just like a heightened version of what's already yeah. going on. It's like yeah. all of the things that people would be thinking in the outside world that they want to say to someone that's being a dick or mm. like it, it, that's happening inside there anyway. So it yeah. feels like school with more consequences mm. and the screws, the guards feel like teachers. Yeah. They feel like teachers that you got to like, you can't talk back to and stuff though. Um, Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never saw one guard, one person talk back to a guard. Eh? Uh, it, there's heaps of like female guards too. Not one person says like, yeah, I never saw it. So you must get punished bad. I didn't, I saw one guy get punished for doing it. But you didn't see what happened. They just took him out the back for a little bit. But, um, yeah, so I was the only one working. And Subatex is the drug they all use, which is like a heroin substitute. That's, like, free on the outside at the heroin clinics. But in there, it's worth fucking... So a pouch of White Ox at Woodford was going for $800. Holy yeah, shit. I know. And uh, Where are they getting the money from? It's Trent. They call someone and say, is in this account? And then if it is, someone, they, it was all done on the outside. Then they're like, oh, it's yours now, you know? Wow. Um, 20 bucks for a rollie. And that subutex, I'm not sure how much it was, but it would have been like probably, you know, it's 20 bucks on the outside. It was probably like five or $600 in there. Everything's upped in price so much. But um, so I would actually take it. I did it twice from the workers unit to my unit because I was the only one. And I did it as a favor for the boys sort of, but I didn't want to. But I, I guess didn't, they knew it would get there though because you weren't using it. Yeah. And like, it was like, I just didn't want to be the, the blockage between these junkies getting their fix and not. And I was like, I just didn't want that drama. So um, I did it twice. And then we were at the Oval and this guy named Stan, big Stan, big Samoan dude, right? He was like, this is a this is Woodford's. This is a different unit to one I was sitting at it at, at uh, BCC, which is like with all the Marys and that. But this guy was a big Samoan. He was my mate, right? We played chess together all the time. Big, big guy. Definitely, he's, he'll be in there right now still, you know? Um, and nice, nice dude all the time. But like... You know, he was it was a junkie, and um, so he was like talking to someone like, "Yeah, give it to, give it to Cal, and then I'll come in." I was like, I was actually like, "Nah, actually, nah, I don't give it to me." I was like, "I don't want to do it anymore. I don't, don't use." And he just went off his fucking nut. Like he's like fucking um, fish, like new fish because I'm new, right? Fucking dog, dog, and dog's the worst word you can say in there, man. And he did this mm-hmm. on the oval, walking back to the unit. Everyone's around, right? And like everyone put their head down. No one said shit. No one expected me to say shit either. It was just like the size difference was insane. And I would have like given it a go if I had to. I would have like – I wouldn't have just let him do anything, you know what I mean? So like when we got back, I was prepared to like – because you go into the toilet and punch on. That's what people do. Mm-hmm. And because I, I knew I had jiu-jitsu behind me. So I still knew that he was bigger, but if I get him on the ground, it's over. You know what I mean? Like I know he's not going to be able to stop me if he's to the ground because he's a white belt. Um, but – I was like, fuck, I just didn't want that drama. Because then you punch up, then you, your time's harder. You can't go to res, which you want to get to residential, which is like a nicer place for the jail and that. And I knew I wasn't far off it. I was probably two weeks out. So I was like, fuck, like, this is, <laughs> it was just stress, man. You Ultimate know what I mean? Test. Yeah, full stress. Yeah. And it was just like, this is fucked. 
Um, and then we got back to the unit. Nothing really happened. And then he came up like an hour later and apologized to me and that. So he's one of those guys. Wow, how good. That tweaks it, would fucking stab someone and then probably apologize to him afterwards and say, oh, sorry, man. Like, I didn't mean it. Like, one of those guys, he's not, like, he does have a good heart. And that's the weirdest thing. But, it, and a lot of these people do have a good heart. And that's what tripped me out. Like, my tennis partner tilled, uh, took two guys out the back of Goldie because there was a tennis court in there. He could play once a week. Took two guys at the back of the gold. He made them dig their own graves and shot them both, right? And he's doing life. Um, Whoa. But fucking coolest dude, man. Like, done it years ago. You see you see the um, humanity in them all. You yeah. see how they are who, where they are and how they got to that from their environment. His dad is in the scene. He's like some Russian crazy shit. So it's like... And how, um, again, how Jordan Peterson says, like, the shadows in all of us. You know, you, you, you can be that Hitler. You can be that that evil person if the environment's right. Like, it's yeah. in us all, you know? Yeah, we all have those shadow aspects of ourselves for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, well, like, one guy I played chess with, he fucked two dudes, killed him and ate him. His name was Rob. Holy fuck. Yeah. Big, I thought he did... I didn't know that for ages, but mm. I found out later. Um, Is it not common that, um, like, you share stories? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is common. Like, you do say, oh, what are you near for and that? Because, like... Do you reckon that, people make stuff up too? Yeah, probably, yeah. Like... In the mainstream, it's not um, – there's generally no women abusers or, like, pedophiles or anything. Yeah. But sometimes they're snuck in there. Sometimes they are and they're just, like, they're not meant to tell people because mm-hmm. they're all – they call it the boneyard. They're on protection, um, which is, like, our own little unit of all, like, dogs and all, like, snitches yeah. and fucking, like, mm. women abusers. So if you hit a woman, that's the same as, you know, you're, you're, you're scum, basically. Yeah. Same – it's the same uh, sort of feeling for – Male sex offenders too. Like if you, you no one likes a guy that's trying to get onto other guy and rape dudes. Like yeah. around this, like I know on around these southeast Queensland jails, it's like frowned upon. If you try and fuck a dude, that's like it's rape. It's a sex, any sex offense shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I mean, one guy in my old unit, he actually, I think he um raped. So these two indigenous guys broke into his house. He's a Maori guy, and then he bashed them both, and then raped one of them. Yeah, and then so he can't go to Woodford because Woodford's a very indigenous prison. Yeah, so he's like can't go there. They won't send him there because he knows he'll get done. Yeah, um, so it's like there's all these little life rules, and like I said, it's just magnified from yeah. from you're not meant to do that sort of shit. You know, people don't care so much if you're stealing from people and drugs and and things like that, but they care if you're you know doing shit like that, any sex offense shit, or if you're hitting women. Because it's a form of weakness, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But that was probably the only time that was like, oh, I'm in a bit of trouble here. Like, fuck. Hopefully if that guy blowing up at me. Especially um, with the size difference. Um, yeah. Just like touching on that, I think it's pretty powerful because like, you know, f- from a bigger picture perspective, it's like, you know, you were you were caught on the outside in an unfortunate situation being the middleman. And then mm. you, be- you had the opportunity to become the middleman. Mm. when you were doing time for it already mm. you know mm. what i mean and it's mm. like you stepped away from that yeah, i think yeah. that's pretty powerful like yeah i met a lot of already kind of used to doing yeah i met a lot of people that could have made i could have got out and just fucking started doing what i was doing hard mm. like i had heaps of people like yeah man i can do this for you like i met everyone you know um remember that guy he gave me his watch the guy that john killick he he escaped from prison in a in a helicopter years ago it was a famous like escape like 20 years ago he escaped from a <laughs> new south wales prison his missus like held up a helicopter flight school flew to prison and flew him out of there oh you know? my god yeah. I, don't know if I've heard that story yeah. i have to look that up yeah it's like a famous australian break man he's been on like tv a few times um he was in there when i was in there and he gave me his watch when he left so he'd done like 20 years or something there was a postcard bandit guy he was in there 
Uh, he escaped from like two prisons, I believe. Brendan, Brendan Abbott. Um, but what a feat! Yeah, they're like sort of famous. They're like respected. Yeah, all the, it's cool. All the old people, all respected. Like you don't fuck with anyone that's like fifty plus. You know what I mean? It's like we got a lot. They of get time, what they got want. A lot of time to think in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and anyone that's doing life is respected. And they're not feared, but they're respected because this is their home. And it's yeah. like you don't want to fuck with their home because you feel sorry for them. Yeah. So it's like for me, seven months, it was nothing. You know. Um, and when I when I got out, my two and a half years, uh, my one and a half years parole was nothing. I just had to scan my finger once uh, every every three months. And didn't have to do anything. Didn't have to get one drug test, nothing. I just couldn't leave wow. Queensland. I went to Byron a couple of times. <laughs> you, said, um, you said something before about like, um, like on touching on people's stories of what, like what, how they got in there um, and how that environment, like you learn about the environmental stuff that kind of pushed them mm. into mm. that sort of lifestyle. Like do you think it was just the partying for you? That, like, yeah, yeah. Got- for me it was like I knew even the day I got caught I was never doing it again. Because yeah. I had a, a circle around me that wasn't part of it. My family's pretty straight, you know what I mean? So it was like, I just knew I was right. But this other crew, it's their whole life. And it says something when they're all from the same area. Like everyone yeah. in there is from Woodridge. Everyone in there is from Anala and from South Briz. Some from Goldie. But everyone's from Woodridge in that. So what does it say when they're all from one area? Everyone's from one area. There's a problem going on in those areas yeah. with whatever it may be. Yeah, All drugs, man, you, all crack. You, you replicate. You know, there's that famous saying that's like you are the five people around you that you are mm. the closest, five closest five people yeah yeah and it, it, i guess that is that stems from everywhere you know it's yeah you replicate i have this thing i say to people um because i'm like a real go-getter i love to do stuff but it's like laziness is contagious so if like you're around people that are lazy it's contagious but it's any behavior it's like yeah. if you're around something one you're learning constantly from other people but it's also you replicate that because it's what you're familiar with so yeah it's like misery loves um what's the word misery loves when you're with someone all the time, fuck. Um, like, it's like when someone says, oh, fuck, my day was shit. You're like, man, my day was shitter. This is what happened. Like, yeah, and you bo- yeah. it's like a, it's an instant bond. And it's yeah. like, yeah. Misery it, loves company. That's it. Yeah, uh, I've yeah. heard that actually. Yeah. It's, it's incredible because I think it's something – you're really articulate and you're really good at talking about this sort of stuff, which I'm like really in awe of because the whole environmental factors of people's life and, you know, trauma that people that – we've spoken about before, like trauma that you deal with it's not spoken about enough. And I think there's a really common thing now where it's like, you are not your story, which I fully back. Mm. But at the same time, it's like that story is so important. Yeah. In that story, that's, there's factors in that and lessons that you've learned or things that you've done that have got you to where you are now. And I think there is a big push to like, forget about your story. You know, it's not you, but you need to fully go into that to be able to let go of it. And I think it's, it's cool talking to you about this sort of stuff because Obviously, what you're doing now is mm. very different to what you were doing, and and you know you've learned all of that through your experiences. Yeah, so. ping is to holistic health. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how's that? <laughs> when out of curiosity, like when you were in prison, like when you're in lockup, mm. were you having thoughts about okay, what do I want to do once this is done? Like, were you, is that when you were starting to have thoughts about yeah, you know, was, getting into the holistic health, or like where were you at? More so, my thoughts were, what do I want to eat when I get out? <laughs> What, how do I want, what I want to, yeah, I want to party, you know, but it's not with the shit, you know what I mean? Just yeah. like, because at the time, like, my friend just bought a nightclub, so when I got out, that clown. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the nightclub. It was like, the day I got out, it was fucking insane. Like, they had through a huge party, and it was like, um, yeah, it was just like, all the temptations were there. Mm. Like, yeah. drugs, women, everything, you know what I mean? It was just all in one spot, and, um, but it actually got sort of anxious the day I got out, which is weird, but it went, it went pretty quick. It went within, like, the first 
probably six hours once I had a couple of beers. Like, oh yeah, no, I'm good now. But it was a real, it was such a weird feeling, man. Almost like you wanted to be back in there. It was so weird because I didn't have a phone or nothing for seven months. I didn't have all this like, my phone just went fucking nuts the day I got out. So it was like, everyone was trying to get hold of me and see and this, I don't know, it was weird. It was a weird feeling. A bit overwhelming. So much yeah. stimulus. Yeah, it was stimulus. Yeah, yeah. That, that was probably the right word, stimulus. Because I, I was at Hog's Breath with the family and have a steak, right? I was like, yeah, sweet. And then I had to like leave for a little bit, go to the bathroom and just like sit down for like two minutes. I didn't tell them that. They still don't know this, I think. But like, and just sit there for a little bit and then just like pull myself together and then go back out. And then I was, mm. I was pretty good after that. Like it wasn't real bad, but it was like, it was just, I'm not an anxious person. And I'm not even anxious now. I've never been anxious and don't get anxiety or things like that. So it's like um, that was just strange, but it, I, I witnessed it real quick. So I knew I already had these like tools in my head that I got from my father um, that helped me not stress about anything. So like dad's sort of like the other night we walked out, you know, he's such a like, he looks up at the stars like, what a nice night. See that? See how Gemini's over in there and Saturn and all this. Like he's just like, always chill it's always good it's always good so i felt like that i knew i would be right i knew i was like seven months sweet i'll do my time um and then get out and i had my job back my scaffolding job the day i got out my boss called me that's yeah, sweet this is here here's a car already had a car but here's a company car um and life went straight back to normal literally like it never happened and um but i just yeah i was just uh about it took a few years later until i met jake this is what this is the what changed my whole life, right? Back to the Czech stuff. I was listening to Paul's podcast or him on someone else's podcast and he was like, with life, he's like, look with your eyes and ears but let your heart be your compass. And as soon as I heard that, this was nuts, right? As soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, wow, like, this is what I want to do. Like I, I thought about Czech as a job and then my heart just went boom. It was like a like a literally a compass, like a beacon just lit up. Yeah. Because I thought about this, this, all these things, and I was like, do I want to be sparky? Do I want to do this? Sparkies get paid pretty good, you know. I could do that sort of. I don't even fucking want to put wires together in a roof all day. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I was like, it's better than you know other things. But I want to rewire someone's brain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I was already like, love the mental emotional stuff. Already like you know into the, I guess the gurus, the Alan Watts and things like that. I'd listen to a few of them, but um, but the and the movement side of thing like i didn't even realize i loved it like i was watching physio stuff and movement videos for years and watching every one of paul's videos and i realized like i wasn't great at school i passed everything but i wasn't great and anything here with movement it just stays in my head like if i hear about like you know the longissimus you know externally rotates your fucking t7 to the left when it's you know doing this that's in my head and i'm like i'm because i i um I just I'm so interested in it, and then I can watch like a. I was watching like you know three hours of lectures all the time about you know the back and the core and all this stuff, and studying for for free for not even thinking about a job just for fun, and then I still didn't know that I wanted to do. And then when I heard that one line, it just went boom, and I was like, oh fuck, that's what I want to do. Wow. And then I went to the archetype of like, so the check model is huge on on your archetypes, and I find that such a. For anyone listening, a really good drill is you write down your three dominant archetypes. And archetypes is basically just a word for character, okay? And this is good for anyone, like business, relationships, whatever, Um, your characters. So at the time, it was – so everyone has survival archetypes and your survival archetypes are generally four that you you fall back to in times of stress. And it's you can when you see it in yourself, you see it in others too. So it's like victim is one, victim archetype. That's one of your survivals. Um, your child, child archetype, saying I got to do this or I can't do that. I got to do this, like like someone's like your parents are telling you or something, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, 
or you, you know you see that shit um prostitute archetype where you're working for you're prostituting yourself for a cause that you don't care about or like for money you know maybe you do care about it but you don't really and you're unhappy but you're still prostituting yourself for all this money and mm. people fall into that with debt you know with mortgage big and time and, yeah um and child victim prostitute and saboteur where you sabotage yourself unconsciously because you don't believe that you're meant to be there or things like that so i know for me i drop into my child that's my thing um and then now that i'm aware of that i catch myself when the thought comes and then i can act on it so it's all right people think they got to judge just for thinking it they think fuck i'm a piece of shit when you don't even act on it and when you act on it, that's what changes your reality you know so it's like I still have these thoughts where I'm like, um, I still have these thoughts where I'm like, fuck, I'm not good enough at my job and shit. And I'm thinking I've fixed, you know, so many people's backs that have or they've been to everyone, they couldn't get it fixed and I'm still not good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I have people like Donald and Jan around where I'm like, oh, they know so much more than me. But then I've got to think they've done it for 30 years. Correct. So it's like, but that's still a thought that can come into your head and fuck with your day. Well, it's like a natural thing too. Like your self-worth is like, you know, we always compare ourselves to others. It doesn't matter if you're like 100% confident in yourself. Mm. You're always going to... And the fact that you've got people around you that you can learn more from. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, like that child thing. You're like, ah. Now it's like fun for me. Like now yeah. it's a game when I catch them. Um, but so for me, I, I played my prostitute archetype for the next three years, but it was fun because I went to the mines and paid for my study, my check study. So I went out to the mines, paid for that, came home, paid for it. Saved up the exact amount I needed and bounced. It, w- it would have been, been a trap. I mean, I could have stayed there and made bank, right? And, and not been living my dream. And I could still be there in the fucking mines, like working away for money. Um, but I saved up the exact amount I needed, bounced and paid for my studies. And because I was working for my check studies, it was a breeze. I could do 12 hour shifts, you know, eight days, a, you know, eight days a week, fucking eight days straight all the time. And, and it was fine because I was, I was paying off my dream. I was going to say, you're working toward yeah. your worthy ideal of what you wanted your life to look like. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was amazing, sick. man. And if I was paying, if it was for a house, fuck, you'd have this little feeling that would pop up all the time where it's like, yeah, this is what I want, but really it's not, but I'll suppress it real quick. And then and you'd, be, you'd be going, to, is, is this really worth it? Like, yeah, yeah, all this stuff. Questioning a lot I could take. Yeah. And they suppress it, they suppress it, and then you have a midlife crisis, you know? Um, but it was a breeze because, yeah, I had that dream I was working for. And then um, I went and did the study. Still didn't think I knew enough. I was like, don't know enough, don't know enough. But now I know that you got to start taking people on to actually learn. You know, that's where I figured that out now. But um, and then when I I did my first client, I was like, wow, I just got paid four hundred fifty bucks for an assessment, and you know, ninety dollars now. And I was like, I just set that from the start. I was like, I know this is gold. I know no one knows this shit. Like, I got to have that worth. And then within a week, I had like ten clients, and I was, that was which is insane. You know, I did one guy, and then two of his friends called me, and then I did them, and two of their friends called me. So yeah. now it's like. Work, I don't need more clients, you know what I mean? I'm good for that. There's always a steady flow of that. So it's like now my goal's online, getting a lot of online content out there. Um, and the goal at the moment actually is, is having – so someone sends in – we have almost like four templates of postures, like a photo of a certain type of posture. And they – or if they don't know which one they need to buy, they send in a photo of their posture and we tell them you buy this one for 250 bucks, and they get like a 10-week program. Online with all videos and stuff. And I know that's gold. I know it's like easily, that's a bargain. It costs a lot cheaper yeah. than coming to see me. And it's, I know it will help. I know it will help. This is my reality. I know it will help them more than if they go pay a phys- general physio and see them once a week. Even though they're right there, I know it's not as, I know I, it's not as good. I can vouch that it works because when I did my back, 
geez, 2019 would have been in August. Mm-hmm. Um, I was bedridden. I was yeah. fucked. Yeah. And I was bedridden for nearly a month. And yeah, fuck, that's, that's rough. Like, I, I had to use my grandfather's walking stick to go to the bathroom Whoa. and it was hectic. And I yeah. remember like... I had a friend that was a physio. She'd come and look at me and then my partner at the time, she was like, you need to go see this physio, which mm. I ended up going and seeing him. Mm. And I'd see him for like 12 weeks mm. maybe. Mm. What did you get? What did you, What did he give you? That's what I love. Asking. So he'd give me some stretches specific yeah. for the L4, L5 disc, which is what mine yeah. did. I've got two degenerative, degenerative discs in my L4, L5. Did he give you like a glute and hamstring stretch? Yeah, or, yeah. glute and hamstring stretch. Yeah. But he would um, do a lot of manipulating on the table mm-hmm. and like trying to get range of motion in there. Um, he was incredible and hats mm-hmm. off to him. Like he did help me a lot and I was meant to be going on a surf trip that year, which I was able to do so because mm-hmm. of him. But in saying that, you know, since coming to you, he didn't really give me the tools to continue on yeah. and strengthen and build around the issue. Whereas since I've been coming to you, it's changed everything. It's changed my approach mentally, physically, spiritually to how I look at my injuries and mm. like being more intuitive. Yeah, cool. And like it's definitely like this morning um, in my little gym, which you've inspired mm. me to put mm. together in my garage. Um, you know, I just went in there and like because I haven't been feeling too well this week, I just went and did all my deep tissue stuff and did all my stretching, did my core work and then sat in the ice bath for three minutes. And like, I was that's like, a good way to start oh, the day, bro. Yeah, it yeah. made me feel incredible for such a flat week. All before 7.30am, that's a good way to start the yeah, day. Man. Yeah, man. And like I, I can hand on heart say that like, yeah, coming to you guys has definitely changed um, my way of looking at injury prevention and looking at, you know... Being more in tune with your soul and realizing what you need. I yeah. think that's one thing as well you guys prov- you provide is you provide an insight into doing, like you said, the inner work with your archetypes. Yeah, yeah. Right, something I've noticed at the moment, like I've, I've stepped out of my shadow archetypes and I've stepped into the light archetypes, whereas now I'm like looking more into my hero archetype where yeah. I'm trying to do um, services for others and stuff like that. So, yeah. Backing what Callan says as well, like archetypes and learning more about your archetypes is so yeah, your so important. Yeah, yeah big time. It can be a warrior. It can be anything. And like, you know, you see it all, man. Like what me as a male, and I feel like I'm stepping into it more and what we all want to do as a male is step into our king archetype. Mm. And the king archetype is this thing, what is a king archetype into you? Like if you were to have a character of a king, what is that? And that's someone that's like listening but but content with it, like confident and um and just calm. I imagine the calm and something that's like they got to make the decision that's appropriate for the situation. That's that's the yep. feeling I get. And the queen archetype, you know, like that same feeling. And then like you're, there's, there's times to step in, like your warrior archetype if you need to not be aggressive but like get shit done a bit. Take and control. And yeah. Control. Yeah. yeah. And then you got to look at with this, so like this when you write down your three dominant archetypes, you got to write the positives and the negatives of them all. So the warrior is the positive, like, like I said, getting shit done, things like that. Um, very like a like. All right, this is this is like Tuesday. I need this done by Tuesday. Let's get it done, okay? Um, but the negative of that would be, say, someone disagrees with you and you start raising your voice. You know what I mean? And you're trying to overpower them. Yeah, there's the you negative. go into the, sh- the shadow of the warrior. Yeah, there's the a shadow yeah. of the warrior, right? The mother archetype. Just about every female is is mo- well, most I see is a mother archetype, and they don't even if they don't have kids, it's they don't know it yet you know that's mm. that's gonna be their their thing like i see some girls don't have a kid yet but i'm like oh when this girl has a kid it's gonna be a whole life you know um but okay well the, the negative of that is like you know smothering you know like uh, or or you don't really care you know what i mean the positive is loving and nurturing and, and being there for someone and, and you just want to be right in that middle range not too far each way um for that 
that happiness and 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 when with the survival archetypes they're not bad thing the victim the child they're not bad but they just you gotta you just gotta witness them you gotta witness them and just and just feel it and yeah. just feel it and let it through and like oh that's what that is and that doesn't have power of me because it only has power in the shadows mm. yep. and if you look at it then you're then you're sweet and it's, I guess it's cool like self, yeah that self-awareness and like not suppressing because we spoke about this on another podcast like feeling your emotions and i spoke about like that spectrum it's like when you're a kid you like when you're angry you yell or you scream or you throw a tantrum so it's like you know that that's the feeling the feeling and the ultimate point you can get to and then it's like the other side is like happiness it's like people over express happiness and they're like mm. screaming with joy and stuff and it's like that's the end of that kind of spectrum and it is it's hard yeah to find the middle ground it sometimes. is yeah it's yeah. and it's something that you you're never done sometimes mm-hmm. like with all the inner work stuff you feel like yes i'm there i'm done it's that's a trap you're always going to yeah. do it for the rest of your life you know but it's a trap if you think like that too but i, I sort of want to get into like how the model right how because it might help some people like with the the check model of the foundations is yin and yang and this is a really good way that you can look at your life because i get too many people where they're just chasing symptoms itises and osises and all this shit bursitis and itis and osis and, and like this chronic chronicness and fucking whatever it's all a symptom Okay, yep. and they're, and you, they're chasing the mechanism, and that's the whole science perception. And same with like knee pain and shit. Like if someone see me for knee pain, I'm never going to look at the knee. I will look at the knee a little bit, but it's never the knee. But you go to every physio, they're going to look at your knee. So it's like, like, do you see that video I put up yesterday? That body reading? No, I haven't. Oh, I've so really like, been looking yeah. at much lately. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I put up a video on Corrective Culture Instagram. Shout out Corrective Culture Instagram. <laughs> Good <laughs> yes, content, so, by the way. Yeah, um, just of me doing a body reading on this girl, and she's got pain behind the back of her knee. But that it's being driven from a right pelvis being twisted from her right quadratus lumborum, which is the muscle that connects your pelvis and your rib cage. That's hiking the hip. It's rotating it forward. She's got a rotation imbalance from the rib cage to the left, which is rotating the hip to the left, which is causing torsion on the back of her left knee. And she's done everything for her left knee. And they've just looked at her left knee. So she needs to balance the hips up. And then you can do that basic sort of rehab for the knee and strengthen it, right? Yeah. But nothing matters until she balances the hips up. But that's what I want to talk about. Don't do chasing the symptom. And if you've got anything this is the biggest try and like really take this away this is the biggest gold you can have if you got if you want to heal from anything is like you got to look at your life from a physiological load perspective and you got to lower it and you got to find your highest physiological load input of stress i should say and lower it so you know if you got cancer or if you got um like this guy at the moment restless leg syndrome or things like this right you got anything you got to find, think of your stress in your life. And I mean electromagnetic stress. I mean mental stress. I mean physical stress. I mean food stress. I mean sleep stress. I mean your water, fucking everything. All of it, yeah. All of it. You got to lower that bucket and your body will heal. And I've seen this over and over and over again, right? Um, and th- this is like, um, so that's why the first thing I want to change from someone is if they're drinking tap water, sweet, I can, that's an easy lower they can lower their stress from that because every time they drink tap water it's got fluoride and chlorine in it so their liver's dealing with that fluoride and chlorine instead of things that it can't stop like the air it's breathing things like that your liver metabolizes everything so it's like now it doesn't have to worry about that that's sweet and just think your body's made of water like if you're drinking shit water if you're drinking chlorine every time you drink water and we know we're in a world of gut health now and chlorine kills bad bacteria but the good bacteria too so it just fucks your guts right that's going to cause a symptom. That's going to cause autoimmune issues slowly over the next 20 years. You know what I mean? Autoimmune issues, a lot of the time, are, you know, a, a, a leaky gut. There's a huge connection with them and leaky gut, yep. all right, and parasites. So as your food goes into the bloodstream, a lot of the time, 
where it settles, because it goes into the bloodstream, right? It passes through the gut wall. That's what leaky gut is. If say you eat some gluten, it's like a scratch in your gut wall and you have it 400 times, it scratches until it pierces and then the food goes through that gut, goes into the bloodstream and then it settles somewhere. And the parasites come in to consume that food, right? But wherever it settles, then the body starts attacking that area, okay? So that, that's huge. So if you've got any autoimmune illness, don't go, don't go chasing fucking the symptom. you just got to start lowering your stress. So fix your water, you know? Make sure your water's alkaline. And I don't mean overly alkaline, just like seven sweet. My water's like 7.4. I think that's the same as our blood. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, I use Montville Mist for that if you're a local in the Sunshine Coast. I know Coast. a lot of people, do, that's a common thing too, that people don't drink enough water. Yeah. So get your body weight times it by 0.033 and that gives you a general rule of thumb, not inclusive of exercise. That, that's your minimum intake. Minimum intake. I think mine was like 2.93 litres was minimum intake. Yeah. Yeah. About right, right. And again, back to tribes and back to nature and shit. That's normal. Like, fuck, you're not eating all the time so you'd be filling up on water. Um, and if you think about it, the simplicity, I like to think of anything ancestral and evolutionary. Like, we all ate organ meats you know, the females when they're pregnant had organ meats, had the liver and things like that. We had all parts of the animal. None of them had cancer. They didn't have cancer. So the whole red meat causes cancer things is, I don't know, I don't see it when they're, when they're in the tribes and they don't see it in um, clinical controlled studies either. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, water, they're drinking water from a stream. So that water's got minerals in it. Okay. It would have a total dissolved solids of about 300 in a river. And that's what we want to salt our water to. Total dissolved solids are 300. Most water is filtered, so it's empty of minerals. So it pulls minerals from your bones, your teeth. Your teeth will crack. Osteoisises, otises, yeah. osises, otises for your bones. Um, and that's what happened when they had that whole distilled water craze. It starts to strip minerals from your teeth, and that's mm-hmm. when people drink distilled water. Um, so there's the water, right? Next thing, what's an easy thing you can start chipping away to lower your physiological load? What toothpaste are you using? Like, I mean the easy things first, right? Yeah. Toothpaste, like, fuck, get some organic toothpaste. It, it like, costs the same. So let's not put that shit in there. Let's just do this. Then you look at, okay, let's, let's get some, some spray-free vegetables and not go to an organic shop because it costs you an arm and a leg. So let's just find a local farmer's market. Ask around. Don't just buy everything because most of them aren't, you know. Find somewhere that's spray-free. And you can get it cheaper than Woolies, man, you know. Yeah. And I'm having spray-free vegetables that are more nutrient-dense that every time I eat that spray, it's not fucking my endocrine system. And if you're a female dealing with any period pain, hormonal issues, um, estrogen, endometriosis, PCOS, you got to clean that shit up hard. And it takes a while, but you got to clean it up. Yeah. Then your meat, clean up your meat. Find, at least if you can't get organic, get grass-fed, grass-finished without hormones, okay? Get, you know, uh, not even free-range. Try and get pasteurized eggs, not free-range eggs. Because, like, say we get pasteurized eggs from the markets, right? Yep. There's 50 hens per hectare, and they're on grass the whole time. So they're eating worms and shit. You go to Woolies and get your free-range eggs, there's 10,000 hens per hectare. That's still classed as free range. Yeah. So there's levels, right? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so f- like the, the six foundations are thinking, breathing, movement, uh, water, thinking, breathing, movement, water, sleep, thinking, breathing, movement, <laughs> water, sleep. And um, fuck, I always, I, always, I always forget one of them, eh? But like, so you're breathing, if your posture is out of whack and you're not breathing diaphragmatically and you're breathing into your chest, it activates your upper scalenes. It pulls your head forward and puts you in that flexion position, puts you in that position of fear, and it um, fucks with the digestion because you're not actually compressing the viscera. So you're not di- pushing on the organs below. So if you've got digestive issues, chew your food to a liquid consistency and start breathing right, okay? That's what I mean. And there's like you can have all these symptoms. It's all a fucking symptom until you start looking at your life in those views and where are you, t- you two yin and two yang in all of them? The two mm. forces. 
So where are you having too much food, too little, too much sleep, too little, you know? If someone's getting six hours of sleep a night instead of eight, I don't care what their symptom is. I don't care if it's a hand side. I don't care if it's a knee pain, ankle pain. They don't stand a chance. Like, it's like, what do you mean? You've evolved for eight hours of sleep for, for millions of years and you're going to take two hours away from that? That's a long time and think you won't have a recompression, like a, you, you, you'll pay for it somehow. Yeah, you know? 100%. Always, man. I guess man. people look for, yeah, like you're saying before, it's like a very um, nowadays medical kind of look. So you look for the symptom, you quick fix it. And this is the biggest thing that I like speak about with people a lot. It's like people don't want to put in the time. Mm. Mm. No, Self-love, yeah. Mm. Self-love. I think as well like we've been so conditioned with society at the moment where, you know, time is money. Mm. So if we're spending time, too much time trying to better ourselves, well, then we're wasting time mm-hmm. which could then make us money, which yeah. I feel a lot of people have. I know yeah, myself yeah. personally fell into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so did I, man. So and I, I guess but it's hard, like, and that's like such a short-term perspective. Like, because you do have to sacrifice. You do have to sacrifice yeah. things to gain that time back. But it's like all you do is that time that you've sacrificed on working, you put at the end of, of yeah. the period that you're working towards. You know what I mean? It's like... You're taking time away, but you're not losing it. No. Because all it's doing is extending your life. All it's doing is making you better so that at some point in your future, you don't crash and burn and then have to start from, like, scratch. And they're thinking about just being in pain and that. Like, I'm not just talking about that. I mean, like, not just being normal. I mean, like, being optimal. So if you you put this good food into you, you're going to have the energy. Your skin's going to be brighter. You're not going to have, like, acne in that. You're going to have, like, you know, if you're having collagen, your skin's going to be good. Your eyes are going to be light. People are going to want to be around you and you're going to be better at everything. You're going to have energy to do everything. You're not going to get home and crash and you'll be able to have time to do your, read your book and shit so you don't just fall asleep while you're doing it. Also, like, yeah, we don't have to just think about being out of pain. We've got to think about, like, being as, as, as good as possible. And it's, it's just so it's, – it's, it's a mindset. It is a mindset thing. And when you switch in your mind, it's like, oh, yeah. Then you look at that with, with all, all eyes because – um, fuck, what was I going to say? But it's like people – like spend you know shop for food like the shopping for gasoline like shopping for and it's like you're made of this so the a really good quote that sort of motivated me years ago actually was sooner or later your health will be your number one concern mm. and that's so true and think about this man if you have a sniffly nose and someone said your nose is going to be like that for the rest of your life you you would give you sell your fucking house to have that nose right you know or if you yeah. stub your toe you got an ingrown toenail or something nothing in life matters until that's better because it's like fuck this toes like it's just ruining everything so it, it they re- people regret it when it happens you know when you get all yeah. of a sudden the doctor tells you something like yeah you got cancer or something everything else doesn't matter your job doesn't matter your yeah. money doesn't matter you're like fuck i need to heal from this thing you know and i know people that have done it you know my client's dad healed from he was meant to die and donald uh he put him on antifungal for like six months right this guy was rich as though. So he, he cut his work back. He was like a full five-day-a-week, like six-days-a-week businessman. Cut his work back to four days a week, stepped down from CEO, um, changed his cookware, sauna every day, ice bath, um, trains like a fucking beast. This guy's 60-something now. His tumour in his uh, kidneys and liver disappeared. Wow. Yeah. He's still got a couple there, but he's asymptomatic. So he goes, yep. I'm, I'm healthier than I've ever been in my life. They don't cause me any pain and I was meant to be dead. And I'm, I want to get him on the podcast, actually, because it was amazing, man. And this guy just lives it, though, like embodies it, does check training all the time, balances the, the body up. So when I talk about lowering your stress, if you've got one tight hamstring and the right, left one's loose and the right one's tight, there's an imbalance in your sp- way you can move through space as optimal. You're, you're, say your pec's tight, your arm doesn't move back as far. It means you've got to push it back when you, when you push it forward when you walk so you don't get that free elastic 
free energy we call mm. it that elastic energy through the sling systems that's energy that's again that's that's physiological load that you got to use energy and oxygen to walk through space instead of detoxifying instead of like everything man just just lower your physiological load and you'll heal and just don't don't go chasing all these symptoms and doctors and shit just fucking if you got again if you got a symptom and you're still drinking tap water get off that you're still not getting eight hours sleep sort that shit out get some blue light blockers have some magnesium you know just you got to get that shit on point because if you got a symptom none of it matters while while they're while any of those foundations are, are off off yeah if you, if you could pick this is a pretty like mm-hmm. big question i guess but it's like like obviously there's so much that has happened in your past mm. that have got you to now and you're obviously very educated on, mm. on you know, what's good for us as humans. If you could pick one thing for someone. For someone. Because like we're saying like about pain and I've obviously watched my sister go through pain. I've had back pain. It's like mm. watching my sister literally not be able to do anything. It's like okay. you do just want that fix. You yeah, know, yeah, Because yeah. it's like, again, like we said, it affects your confidence. It affects everything. But it's like if you had one bit of advice, even to tell your you know, younger self or just yeah. anyone that's like, okay, I guess so not struggling with the path, but just like unsure of what to, where to start. Like what would with, your advice With be? health? Like, yeah. yeah. So health and just, yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess yeah. health affects everything. So yeah. yeah. Um, so number one, I would say, I'd say find yourself, I'll give you three things actually. There's a couple of there. Number that one. That's not the question. <laughs> <laughs> go through, um, go through. Find yourself a mentor. Find yourself a mentor that you want to be like mm-hmm. and don't, Treat them like God, right? They don't put them on a pedestal, but grab what you want from them and grab what you don't want from them. So like Paul for me, I've never met him, but he was a mentor. And I take some things, I'm like, nah, I won't take that. But a lot of it, I'm like, yeah, like this guy's 60-something and jacked. and Absolute beast. Absolute beast. And just like, all right, well, he's doing something right because he doesn't have, he's not sick. He can still run as good as he could in high school and he's like 60, you know? And when you talk, when he talks, he's like talking to, talking well. He's smart, you know, talking to a young person. You know, and sometimes people get, Sometimes it's like they had too much fluoride water for too long or something, and they're just like a bit slower. And they're like, the, <laughs> like I don't know when I talk to my mum and dad. Sometimes a bit like that. But um, that number two would be water because you're made of it, and you're having it more than you're having food. So think of it in the in the scheme of like you're dead in about three days without water. You know, what I mean, you can get away with a couple of weeks without food, or if not longer. So it's like water huge because if you're dehydrated, you're grumpy. That changes your decision making for the rest of the day. Also, again, back to it, you're fucking made of it. Like it makes all your minerals, it makes all your cells, every chemical reaction, there's 10 billion, if not more, chemical reactions every second in your body, 10 billion. And that's arguable to have more than that. They reckon maybe like 15, 20, right? So they all depend on water. It's like the circuit for like the same as like, you know, you chuck water on a plant in the ground. The water connects the circuit of the soil, which connects all the microorganisms which creates like a magnetic field for the plants to grow up it's a circuit for our body if we've got any connection issues any like any symptom especially back pain because the vertebrae in your disc in your lumbar spine uh not the vertebrae the 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 disc itself is 75 percent water so when you're dehydrated they actually compress and it's they can watch this happen it compresses so if you have any symptoms of a compression and you're dehydrated you know, again, you can't fix that. Your body will take it from your spine to give it to your organs because it needs it more. Like your spine's not dependent on your life, but your your heart and, and organs are. Mm. And um, so the mentor, find someone, you know, just like, just find someone that you really want, like that resonate with you, okay? And like if, if you find someone in the future, grab onto them too. You don't have to hold onto that truth. If you find a truth that speaks with you more, then, then move onto that truth, you know? Um, the water thing. And when you do your stretching, um, chase balance not just flexibility so 
if you have check your left and right side and your goal is always to make your left and right side the same. So when I give someone a stretching program and I assess their prone knee flexion, which is going to tell me about their quads, right? Which will say if I got 100, 100 degrees in the left and 135 in the right, right? You want about 135 degrees. I'm only going to give them a left quad stretch. I don't need to give them a right. Or if they say it's like a 90 on the left and 100 on the right, I'm going to go left, right, left. So they do left twice and the right once, okay? Same with the neck. If you check in, like when I sit there and do a body scan on myself, I just turn my head both ways and I feel it. Like I just feel what's limiting my head from going one way compared to the other. Like if I can turn my head further to the left and I can't to the right, I turn to the right and I feel where it's limiting it. And then I'll go like massage it a bit with like a Theracane or a ball. I'll stretch it and then I'll check it again and I want that even rotation. I'm always chasing balance between the left and right side and I've seen so many people get out of pain just from that and that's what i feel like is a huge 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 hole in the industry because they're not doing they're not doing length tension assessments no. they're sort of just giving it an eye but i'm like you gotta write them down i gotta write down like every time i do it i'm writing it down like if i check your hamstring i'm writing down 140 on this one 110 on that one of course you're going to be in pain while it's connected to the pelvis and if one's fucking 30 degrees tighter it's going to twist yeah. that pelvis and that's if that pulls that pelvis is down then the foundation of the spine is going to be on the lean the head's going to counterbalance to balance the eyes and you're going to have a huge scoliosis. Yeah, I was going to say, throw your posture right out. Throw your posture right out. And then you go to see people, they don't look at it like that and they're going to say, fuck, you're born with it or you, we've got to put a rod in your spine. It's fucking nuts, man. It's, it's, we're going to look back on this in another 20 years. My goal is to evolve the industry, first locally. And it's already, there's people out there doing it, but they're not known. Yeah. I want to make it known because we're sort of younger dudes. Like People are going to listen a bit more than seeing, yeah. you know? So it's like... That's my goal, to make it the norm so people can see and then other people can start jumping on. Because like most of my work is from people that have done it all. They reckon yeah. done every car, every physio, done it all. And then I check them and they're out of pain fucking like a month just from some hip extensions and, and some disbalance in the left and right it's side. It's crazy, mate. Like since doing the deep tissue stuff with you, yeah, that, yeah. that blew me away. Yeah. And like even coming to you re- doing my reassessment with my back, like yeah. getting the, that 22 degree difference in my yeah. lumbar spine and all that sort of stuff that yeah. I didn't otherwise realise. Yeah, 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 for sure. But yeah, just from learning how to even up and be, like I said before, intuitive with my body, which is what you've taught me. And like, okay, yeah, I do need to work more on my exactly, right, man. right glute or whatever it may be. It's so interesting. And for people listening, like Josh, your problem was you had a flat, because you measured the lumbar curve, right? So I believe it was like, Two degrees? So yeah, I was going to say two degrees yeah. at the bottom. We want about 15 to, to 17.5 roughly. So two degrees at the bottom, I think maybe it was like 10 to 12 at the top. So you just want it the same. So it tells me that that's, that curve isn't even because he's got two degrees at the bottom and 15 at the top. So he's got a straight spot in the spine. You need that even like C curve. It means he's got a straight spot. So wherever that straight spot, there's going to be a hinge there somewhere and that's where the pain's going to be. It's going to hinge and compress that disc. Um and that, that lumbar curve, man, when it's flat, and if anyone's listening, you can stand there and like tuck your tail under, which will flatten the lumbar spine. And then you can't rotate at all. So if you, can't, if you flatten the spine, you can't rotate. And for you as a surfer, that equals a disc bulge and that equals knee pain. Because if you can't rotate, then the rotation happens down at the knees and the knees start to fuck out. So generally, when I'm looking at someone that comes in for an ACL, MCL injury, I'm looking at their rib cage. I'm thinking, can they rotate well? Because if they can, generally the, the torque doesn't twist down to the legs and doesn't fuck up the knees. So I'm huge on, if you've got knee pain, first thing you do is fix your rotation through your rib cage and your spine, which is just constantly mobilizing it, deep tissue, stretching, and just feeling it. Like do a little twist and feel where it feels limited. Foam roll the area, you know, stretch it however you know, and watch the difference it makes. It's, it's crazy, but, you know, that's not, that's not what they know. They're, they're looking at the knee because it's hard to teach that shit in uni, you know, because it's not passionate. Like you've got to have passion and learn that shit. Well, this is, this is actually leading on to my next question. Um, 
I obviously have a few friends that are dietitians, nutritionists, mm. stuff like that, who I love and adore. Mm. But I remember when I first decided to do the gut cleanse, I copped an absolute gobsmack from them all. Mm. Like, oh, you know, they're not accredited. You know, what are you thinking? Like, it's dangerous. Mm. Like, I just want to know, like, I'd like to hear your thoughts on what the rebuttal would be. Because obviously I said to them, from my personal aspect, just for face value, I could not see anything detrimental through the gut cleanse mm. that was going to hinder me because it's not like a, I'm staying on this thing for my whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's a four-week de- oh, well, flush, mm. really. I'm flushing my body of parasites and, mm. and fungus yeah. to make myself like reset my metabolism yeah. essentially it's like what would your re- to, it's not hard to do i'm quite shocked about that because it's yeah. not hard to do like we just bought it me and my partner oh yeah start cool next week yeah cool so, um, yeah we've so, had it for a while but, yeah, yeah but like when you read through it and like the things you know just obviously like the supplements and stuff you take but the things you're cutting out it's like yeah it's not outrageous right yeah. you can't have below ground veggies so i'm all for below ground veggies but it's for the purpose of starving parasites like you kind of like sweep us out on that because they eat sugar but this is i had actually a chick message on our corrective thing like is there any um, science backed? So this a lot of this is, is with the food stuff. It's very hard to have a good clean study to have this hundred of the same people eating the same shit. You know what I mean? Um, and there isn't. But I've got people that have done it for thirty years. They've given to their clients. I haven't just made it up, right? We've got this from from mentors and just put our own little touch on it. Um, and then they're shitting out worms. So I'm having, like I said, four people this this last fortnight. No, six people this last fortnight. Shout out worms, you know, a few had tapeworms. I don't know what the others were, right? But they're right in front of our eyes, you know what I mean? So it's like they're wondering if it's working with a study when I've got all these people, and I mean heaps of people now, like it's ridiculous, are shitting out worms and in front of their eyes. So we, we're, we're treating science and the study like it's religion instead of using our own intuition and common sense. Like, all right, well, we know oregano oil does kill them. There's plenty of studies on that. We know that that's a huge thing. We know they all eat sugar. So we let's just think, okay, if we starve them of sugar, which is their food, and throw in oregano oil, plus some things that clean out the gut, charcoal and things like that, which will sort of grab them on the way out, right? Um, it makes sense. You know what I mean? And it, we know what's working because it's fucking, this is all based on Doug Kaufman's work, but like it, it works. So, and with the food thing, man, like they know, remember, if it's dietitians and nutritionists in uni, they're taught some real old shit. So we know now know that like vegetable and canola oil and sunflower oil is absolutely trash for you. It ages your cells rapidly, it oxidizes rapidly, can't, huge thing linked to cancer. It's carcinogenic, right? And in that cleanse, it's just you're not having that shit for four weeks. Literally. You're, not, you're not having sugar. Let's not have – let's make it all organic. That's basically it, right? Yeah, that's what it was. And they're saying it's fucking dangerous. You know well, what that, I mean? That's why I scratched my head about People it. I'm like, scared though too because like for, for, from another perspective, so I'm all for – like I've tried so many different things mm. and like I love just – I love learning. So it's like food and stuff for me. It's like I've been a chef for so long so it's like it's fun. But mm. – do you think people are scared, you know, like these nutritionists and stuff because it does kind of counteract what they've learned and it's almost like yeah. a fear thing. Especially because like, they've have spent... Have I been teaching people the wrong thing? Which is not bad, you know what I mean? Mm. We talk about these, um, you know... We have been teaching people the wrong th- thing, yeah. Yeah, but it's like it's like a guilt thing. It's almost like don't don't prove me wrong. Yeah, especially because yeah. they've... De- like A lot of them have designated four or five years worth of studying yeah. at a university and, mm. you know, I, I, I get that. There'd be a sense of, well, oh, this is what I learned. But, yeah. yeah, it's just interesting because obviously like Paul Check for so many years yeah. was discredited by the medical in- industry saying yeah. he's, he's, you know... Oh, I nearly got sued heaps, man. Yeah, he, he got he's so still much here. strife. He's but still like, here and killing it more than ever. don't as well like 
it's hard to like change your perspective so much and also the thing was like people asking like where's the scientific backing it's like even if you give it to them they're still like it's kind of like that oh well I haven't done it and it hasn't personally affected me so I won't believe it until it does and this is the thing like you have to be willing to try new stuff and it probably links back to like the whole thing with um like you know the reason that you went to jail it's like Mm. yeah it was like the party scene and stuff but it's like the consequences that people have to experience to actually believe that something's going to work or like that something is you know for you it was like you probably didn't think you're ever going to get caught but it's the same thing it's like some people that are in pain don't think they'll ever be able to fix their pain, so they're not really willing to like oh. take the risk to try. Or the food thing. It's like, oh, I don't think it's going to work. And yeah. it's like that in itself and not believing in like... Not, not the, will- the willingness not even to try yeah. for difference. Because it's pretty scary. I think, and it oh, does, it's hard. Like, it's that effort thing. It's like, it oh, really I don't want to have to think about what I'm eating because Com- I'm too busy. Coming to you guys and doing the gut cleanser first last year, the first yeah. time around, was one of the hardest decisions I had to make. Yeah. But I knew it was the right one. Yeah. Because at the time I was going through a lot of emotional stress. Mm. Um, and I just remember like saying to myself, I need to do, I need to do this for me. Like, I don't know if it's going to work, but I just feel like I need to make a change. And if I can spend four weeks making change with my health and what I eat, I can just see where that leads. And honest to God, like ever since I did that cleanse, it, it has literally set me up for where I am now. Man. Did it really solidify it when you felt something? Like, did you, were you kind of like just a bit um and ahhing about it? I felt it as soon as I did the purge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as soon as I did, no. But I think for me as well, for in that point in time, a lot of willpower I struggled with. Mm-hmm. I was still coming out of my drug addiction. I was coming out of my alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it just really made me. Re- it made me realize that I had so much more power than I thought within myself, and um, and how my, how good you can actually make yourself feel just from eating good food and Man. you know being aware of what you're putting into your body. It's insane. Self responsibility too. Like it's hard. Like it's funny going exalto and stuff now and like talking about organ meat, talking about all this stuff. Mm. It's like I remember because obviously being a chef for so long, it's like a, man, I've, the things I've put in my body is like. Yeah, yeah. Some gross, some gross things. People are like, "What the fuck are you doing?" But it's like I remember eating like chicken hearts for a while. Just mm. I want to see what mm. I want to see what it was like, you know. And like all my mates, like you're fucking rank. Like what are you doing? And they come to the kitchen to be weird. And I started eating like frozen liver before I was going to Exalto, like doing all this weird stuff because I had access to it. You know, it was like mm. food was something I was interested in. And I think it's yeah, it's crazy. And healthy is weird. Healthy is weird now. It's yeah. like that's that's not normal anymore. Like yeah. chicken hearts, that's normal really you know, as a human yeah. being. Yeah, and that's you know? the thing. Like when I was doing it, it was like the butchers are like, what do you want that for? You know? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. give it two Brazilians kilos. Love it. two yeah. kilos. It's like you got – but um, it is – yeah, it's, it's hard if you're not – I think it's like obviously everyone has different interests. We're all different. It's like mm. for you, you were like really interested in movement, didn't realise it was what you wanted to mm. do. And I think if you don't have that interest – it's hard to get into something, 100%. but it's like your interest should always be one health, one like your mental well-being. Like that should be an interest of people. And I yeah. think it's like it's hard because we are busy with all that other stuff that we're interested in that's distracting us. But it's like, yeah, if, if we start taking interest in how the body works, that kind of fuels yeah. that fire to like be better with like what you're putting in that cleanse was only made for clients too and then all of a sudden we just chucked it up in the shop we didn't we haven't really promoted it that much other people grabbed it right i was going to say exalto almost pushes it yeah, more than you guys yeah, like man. they do a cleanse every three months with the clients though. yeah yeah and it sells worldwide now so we get people from the states thailand indonesia china fucking the whole world buys it now and we didn't even try it was yeah. it, it wigs me out a little bit I'm like what the fuck how do they even know about this you know so it must be word of mouth somehow 
But the fact that they're buying it means whatever their word of mouth was, that person probably shat out worms or something, right? But for me, I've never never excreted worms or anything, but it actually changed my life because unintentionally, when I did it first time, right, I was thinking about just the mechanism of health and shit. But when I did it, it was the mental thing that was huge for me. That, like, and that's why I hear a lot of feedback from like, well, this is how good I can feel if I don't fuck up once in four weeks with food and that I got the discipline to do it. Like I, I, I have to, you have to make all your own meals and shit. You know what I mean? I can't have coffee. You can't have caffeine for four weeks. So I'm like, you never get that little, like you have caffeine all the time. You don't eat after it makes, it takes my appetite away. So then, and you're not just doing that. You're having nutrient density. So I'm not having fucking oats and, and some yogurt for breakfast. I'm having like liver snags and kale and, and like every meal is nutrient dense and that nutrient density forms me. And that's where people become nutrient deficient is they're having the same shit all the time. And it's not like if you have oats and fucking and yogurt, you're not getting a lot out of that. You know what I mean? You're getting some, you're getting carbs basically from the, from the oats. You know what I mean? But I, I don't care about carbs, fats, protein so much. I care about micronutrients and how much vitamin C and B12 and iron does this thing have? You know? And then I still think about like I still want some carbs because I train a lot. I want my fats and I want my uh, my my protein. And every meal, a good um, the checkway talks about is like eyes and no eyes. So your your protein and and fats are things with um, that have had a set of eyes. So not like uh, nuts are, are a fat primarily. You know, they're they're a bit of a protein, but they're they're fat. And like uh, the only exception to that is avocado. You chuck into the the uh, eyes section. So I want something with eyes that had life force running through it. I want my meals from that. If I have fucking a salad for dinner, I'm starving in the morning. If I got no meat in it or something, my body needs it, man. If I do a big workout. And I've done kickboxing or something. I've got bruises all over my body. And I'm not eating collagen. I'm not eating flesh to replace that bruises. I can feel like, I, was, I even think like, man, if I don't have meat right now, I just had all this salad and a huge salad meal, sweet potato and everything. I'm not going to feel great the next day. You know what I mean? And I've tested it before. Like, it's not me talking about, I've tested all this shit. But there's some days I do go like vegan for the day. Very rare, but because I'm always training. But when I'm not, like when I travel on a plane, I fast. Whenever I go on a plane, I fast. I'm not going to eat plain food. I was like, going to say fasting's huge, hey. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like that natural. Thing too, I think what you're saying, you know, it's like you're having those like heavy meals, and then you're having like not heavy, or you're having salad, then you're having meat, and it's like you're eating, and then you're not eating. It's mm. like balance, like that yin yang. What yeah. you're saying, it's like seasonal too. Yeah, seasonal. In winter, I have slow cooked meals. You know, naturally things like that. I make sure I have my cold shower, so I set myself to the to the environment. Um, you know, in summer, I'm having more fruit. I naturally feel like it. I like to personally do the cleanse in winter. Mm. I'm doing it in May again, so it's colder. Um, because you don't naturally feel like the fruit and sugar anyway, and seasonally you wouldn't be getting it. Yeah. So remember, every year if we were living in the wild, we we wouldn't we'd be doing our own parasite cleanse. Because in winter you'd be doing it anyway, because you're not going to be having um, fruit in that. So, so you're, you're, you're only starving getting access them. to what was available during that season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I try to eat seasonally. Every time I eat flesh, I rotate my proteins. If I had chicken today, I'm having like beef tomorrow or fish, and I don't plan it. I think about what do I feel like? What's my body asking for? There's a reason why when I have chicken, I had chicken last night, there's a reason why I don't feel like it today. Everything happens for a reason because I had those nutrients, not just protein and fat. Like there's a lot of, sh- a lot of stuff we don't know about going in that flesh. You know, I mean, there's oh, a whole yeah. DNA structure. Like listening to your body is so important. Like from a female perspective, it's like, I, I eat a lot of different things. But it's like, you know, if I'm on my monthlies, it's like, I'm craving red meat mm. so hard. Like I know it's coming because it's like, I just and it sounds so strange. It's like a day before I'll get it, my mouth is like watering at the thought of putting a steak in, and it's yeah. like I will hardly cook it. It's like that's blue. good. That's I, good. I don't think that's strange. Like, I think that's just ancestral. In, the more yeah. in tune you are yeah. with like your body, it's like kind of like that thing you were saying with Paul, was Paul Check the, mm. the heart. Like 
Yeah, your, yeah, exactly. Into intuition. your heart as your comp- Yeah, intuition. With, with your body, so. with the way you stretch, with mm. the way you move. Sometimes when I go for a workout in the gym, I don't feel like doing a three sets of this. I just look at it like it's a, like it's everything's a toy. Sometimes if you're feeling like this and you're like, what do I want to train? Look, go in the gym. Maybe just have a little feel of your body. Try and balance it up as much as possible. Do a little foam roll. Check your quads, hamstrings. Try and tune it up a little bit for five minutes. Then look at all the exercises in the gym, all the equipment, and say, what do I feel like playing with? Mm. And then you don't have to do three sets of this. You can just move, get the heart rate up, move into the next thing, move into the next thing. Try and think of a, just doing the movement as well as possible instead of doing the, the rep. Like think of how well can I do this lunge? How well can I keep my hips square? With this squat, how well can I keep my knees dead over my over my second toe. Mm. For me, if my knee comes in a little bit, that's a fail to me. I didn't do it. Even if I lifted the weight, I didn't lift the weight because I didn't lift it perfectly. So I got to go down and wait. Mm-hmm. Everything's got to be perfect. And it's fun like that. It's fucking like, that's when you feel like, you know, when you just want to get a little workout in, just go and play around, do a couple of chin-ups, do a couple of sit-ups on a Swiss ball, you know, do some balance work, like do some cable work, do whatever. Make it yeah. fun. Make yeah. it fun. Yeah. yeah, make it fun. Um, and back to that like dietitian people saying like a really good uh, – quote again is don't let your education don't let your schooling get in the way of your education that's a famous quote right wow. so remember when something comes out new and especially in diet like food that doesn't change every uni in the world's textbooks for the last 30 years you know what i mean like when new shit comes in it's not in there so passionate people will know more you know they'll get involved with it and all that aside just go to the people that get results who gives a fuck about what they know if they're getting results <laughs> that's what matters yeah you know? i think that's true because you see so many personal like i used to be a personal trainer many moons ago but you'd see like i was a terrible personal trainer because my heart wasn't you know i wasn't mm. passionate about it. i did it for a you know a filler job but you'd see like people would go to the people that are getting results and yeah and i think it's the same like i've yeah gotten so many results since coming to you yeah. guys it's just like yeah, the results I tell, like. You can tell too because it's that energy thing as well. Like if you're doing something for a job, like if you're doing something for money. Yeah, it's yeah. Like in the, the passion's not there. It's like. Yeah, authenticity. Yeah, like yeah. We're, we're human and we pick up on that even if we're not aware of it. You know, it's like. And the results I like is like, I like the, everyone's body is going to get good. I know that's going to happen easily. Like if they want a good body, I can easily do that. But like I like having when they get clear skin and like clearer eyes. And I like when the period comes back. Like I got a girl where a period came back after three weeks. And she had had that for two years. I just got her chilling out and eating some organ meat, and it came back. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, yeah, that story's on your yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, and I think she's she's pretty cool with me talking about it. Um, you know, it's it's from Connor's missus from the gym. Yeah, yeah. So like, she's um she's all in, man. She's like, oh, like, and you get girls, especially for females, when they're stressed, they hold under water weight, the cortisol goes up. So with her, she stopped training and she lost weight. And I've seen that happen with a lot of girls. They stop training and they just dump weight. And, and then I fix their training because they're doing this crazy shit, right? And I just calm them, show them how to work in, show them how to put the energy back in. Mm. The whole concept of yin-yang is the same to work in, work out. If I do a workout, I'm doing a work in. I'm doing some breathing. I'm doing the nice bath. I'm doing nutrient-dense food. Once a week, I generally on a Wednesday, I'll schedule like a, an energy-building day. So I don't work Wednesdays. I said, fuck it. I'll, I'll work four days a week, you know? I'll have Wednesday off. Um, best thing I ever did. And... Uh, so I'll have my ice bath that day. I'll have my sauna. I'll, I'll prioritize getting like oysters because they're nutrient dense. I'll schedule in a nap. I'll do my stretching, my deep tissue, and I'll do like a meditation. And that's, fuck man, that is such a charge. Like that's such a life hack. If you actually schedule that shit in, even if you do two of them, it's more than what everyone else is doing, you know? And, um, and yeah, it's, it's your job. Yeah. It's like we schedule days to, to work at our job. And it's like, it's also your job to look after yourself. Yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah. having that whole day or even just a couple hours a week. It's like, 
Yeah, yeah. So I just hope hopefully that motivates some people to just like stop chasing their symptoms a little bit and like um, you know, even just jump. Not even have to come see us. Just jump on our Instagram, have a look at what it's all about, and just try and because for me, I feel like it's like the path, my path to happiness, and the the it's like a life hack to get through life with the least resistance possible. Yeah. So like these little archetype tools and these little self help tools so, to witness your bullshit, so it doesn't you know act upon it and make your life shit with your relationships, and then so you don't get sick and injuries and it's not complicated just fucking eat clean and move well and yeah. learn how to move and come see someone like me or, or jake or someone that yeah. can teach you how to move well cause well i am like, um, a, cl- a client of mine actually just before we wrap things up a client of mine she approached me after an auction on last week and she's like i'm going in to see cal monday mel she's like oh yeah did she yeah. come in um don't yes. tell me she was yeah she did yeah yeah she so, so she came up to me after the auction she's like i'm going in to see cal from yeah. Corrective culture like i saw your transformation inspired me i was like yeah we got along good man we did the assessment the other day actually she's cool yeah she's cool the coolest thing is like the, it's like going like kind of like that child archetype thing it's like when you do talk to people about going to corrective culture and then they're like when they decide that they want to go it's like oh like they're so excited yeah there was a lot of excitement in her voice but um because you're teaching them stuff it's not telling them shit you're coaching them and they get to move and they're set for life to walk into a gym you know that's it i've never felt like you you were like pushing anything on me like you were educating me yeah the whole time yeah and like that's what motivates me yeah like you're saying before like if like when your knee comes in it's not a you count as a failure i've noticed myself having that same mentality now i'm in the gym and like i don't i used to lift all the heavy weights and you know I want to be aesthetically pleasing looking, but like yeah. to me, it's not about that shit anymore. It's about movement. It's about happiness. It's a hell of a lot more to fitness and, yeah. and health than what people health, think. Health, man. Yeah, it's Proper health. Because health and fitness aren't correlated. No. They're not correlated. Fitness is not correlated to health. Fitness is a some, byproduct of having good health. Yeah, you can have a jack dude looking ripped, but he has fucking monsters four times a day, you know, or, or like bees <laughs> yeah. and the, his organs are fucked out and their skin's fucked and then the, yeah. the dick doesn't work when they're with the missus and <laughs> all this shit, man. I, the symptoms I get, I'm like, well, like, you know, it's it's crazy how many go away just from cleaning up a couple of little things, you know? Yeah. Well, but um, cool, man. Yeah, yeah look, I, cool. I know you've got a client to get to. Yeah. Um, so for those that are listening, Corrective Culture, look them up. Incredible stuff that are what Jake and Callan do. We'll yeah. put a link in the, um, in yeah. the description. We'll make sure there'll be a link yeah. below. But yeah, cool. Cal, thank you so much for thank coming you. in. Thank you, I man. know it took us a while it. to get you here. That's right. <laughs> appreciate it. That's a uh, hard little secret good, studio spot. Good chats. It's like my own little... Um, what do you call it? Uh, psych. Talking about jail and shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. Like, I really wanted to know more. Because, yeah. Like, it's probably the most of us spoke about it. Yeah. It's healthy too, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's good. That release, it's good. Yeah. People, people always want to know that shit. I would. I'm always watching like the jail movies and shit. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, that's gnarly. Yeah. Well, it's sick. Does it like, especially like knowing that you went through that and then now looking at you and just seeing how many lives you are changing is mm. like, to me, is inspirational because mm. like, fuck, there was a catalyst at some point. And you were just—I think you were so lucky to have your dad there mm. as like a, yeah. like you said, plant that seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Kind of like divine purpose too. Oh yeah, yeah. it's unreal, it's not man. Such a hippie, it's like that's what we I feel have like. a purpose, and it's like you know, you were never meant to. You, everyone said you were never meant to go. Yeah, it's like you were meant to go. Yeah, I know, and it's good for the other crew that are in inside that can hear about at it or have done their time and shit like yeah. that. They don't. The life isn't over. You know yeah. what I mean? I used to think, fuck, my life's over. I got a record, but hasn't shown up once for anything that's troubled me. I can't go to the states, which is pretty annoying. But maybe Mate, I've been there a few times. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I was going to yeah. say nothing's really going to let you get there now. Yeah, so. yeah true. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thanks so much.